Welcome to the SIS Off the Charts Football Podcast. I am your host, Bryce Rossler, and after a week off following the Super Bowl, we are back to talk about this year's quarterback class with Derek Klassen of Bleacher Report, Reception Perception, and 33rd Team. Derek, how you doing? I'm doing okay, man. I'm tired. It's we're tired. in the middle of the draft season. Yeah, of course. NFL just ended. We're ramping back up into draft season. Just got back from Mobile, going to Indian a little bit. Very tired. I, I, I need uh, a nap. I, I need a nap as well. I am looking forward to seeing everybody in Indy, though. Indy's always a good time, but it's definitely a whirlwind. I did not go to Mobile. I'm not sure I'm even allowed at the Senior Bowl. Jim Nagy has me blocked on Twitter, all that good stuff. So <laughs> I, I was mildly worried about getting my credentials there because I think I have a couple of tweets where I've told them like some of the linebackers he had there were terrible in years past. So, But they let me in, so maybe you'll be okay. Yeah, I know historically they've been pretty generous in terms of giving out credentials, so I don't know if that's changed or not. But anyway, we're not here to talk about the Senior Bowl. We are here to talk about quarterbacks. This is kind of a bit of a weird class this year, I think. But I think the probably the easiest way to start this is let's let's start it with putting you on on the spot. Who's your quarterback one this year? It's been both Drake and Caleb at, at different points, but I I'm I'm still on Drake May for now. I, I had Caleb coming into the year, and then the more I watched this year, I kind of landed on Drake May. But I could go either way. I'm not going to be one of the people that is like if you think one is quarterback one. You're an idiot. I, I think it's fine either way, but I'll take me. I'll take the guy that looks like Justin Herbert and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So is that you said you had Caleb one coming into the year? Was this more a function of just more exposure to May, or some people have said that Caleb fell off this year, which I don't. I don't think was necessarily true. But is it column A, column B, a little bit of both? Yeah, I, I really don't think it actually has anything to do about my feelings on Caleb. If anything, I kind of feel a little bit better about Caleb now than I did even coming into the season. I like, like you said, the stuff about him being worse this year, I think is unfounded and mostly just the offense was uglier to watch, which I think is kind of objectively true with may. I think it was a little bit more, it was a little bit more getting exposure to him this year, especially the earlier parts of the season where I thought he looked a lot better, but it was also just kind of like aligning my view on quarterback one with just what the rest of the league looks like. You look at like I said, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Lamar is kind of in his own bucket in terms of like build and stuff like that. But all the other guys are like 6'3 plus, 220 plus and sick athletes. And May checks all of those boxes. Caleb checks some of them, but if May checks all of them, they're like, if that's, I'm perfectly fine letting that be my like coin flip decider, basically. Yeah. So let's, let's get a little bit more to what you just alluded to. What are, what are the things that you look for? When you're watching quarterbacks, what are what are the most important things you're trying to identify in quarterback prospects? I mean, I think a non-negotiable is like how they handle the pocket. Like that's the, the pocket, especially going from college to the NFL, the pockets you're going to have to deal with are a lot tighter and things happen a lot faster. And I think the guys who either are too quick to move out of the pocket or are just uncomfortable throwing with bodies around them. I think are going to have huge problems in the NFL. It's like, we'll get to him later, but Michael Penix under pressure is basically not a functional NFL quarterback. And I think that's going to be a, a huge issue for him. And then we'll get to this guy as well later. Jaden Daniels is probably too quick to leave the pocket a little bit for, for my opinion. Whereas you watch a guy like Drake May and even I think Caleb has this quality. They're actually generally really good at hanging in the pocket when they need to understanding how to find space, how to navigate space while still keeping their eyes downfield. 
I think that to me is like the most important trait. And then after that, you kind of just look at like, do they have every club in the bag in terms of being able to make every throw, whether that's with touch, whether that's driving a seam route to someone's back shoulder because they're getting inside leverage, all that sort of stuff. So those are kind of the two, like if you can check those boxes, we'll, we'll figure the rest out. And I think Caleb and Drake both have that quality to them. Yeah, I was the thing I was really impressed with when I watched May was, like you said, how he handles the pocket. There, there were some. There's something I want to ask you about. Did you ever feel like he he maybe held off on throwing the ball when rushers were coming around the arc? Because this was my only like big concern with him. Is sometimes I thought he he left throws on the table when he felt like maybe there was an opportunity for a strip sack or something. Cause I know it last year he had problems with fumbles. Right. So I thought maybe he was a little bit more sensitive to that this year, but that was, that was my only like big criticism of him. So I wanted to see if you saw the same thing or if you see it differently. I think there's some of that. I think there's also, especially if it's coming around like the front side edge, he kind of has a thing to him where if the throwing lane is not as clean as he wants it to be, he'll just go do something else. Like, this is kind of, to me, where the Justin Herbert comparison comes in. Like, Herbert kind of has this quality to him as well, where, like, he is really good at managing the pocket, and he's tough, and he's willing to make throws while getting hit, all that sort of stuff. But, like, if he feels the throwing lane is a little bit cloudy, he might just, like, holster the ball and then move on to a check down or try to leave the pocket or something like that. I think May a little bit has that quality to him, where, like, if Caleb gets a guy in his face, he's just going to find some bizarre arm angle that you haven't seen and from anybody else, and he's going to get the ball out. Whereas May is creative in some ways, but in that particular sense, he just opts to do something else entirely. Yeah, and this, I like that you use the word toughness thing, because that's not like a toughness issue necessarily, because May May has definitely shown that he will he will eat some hits to get the ball off. It's just more like kind of like a feel thing, I guess, and how you want to handle that stuff. But everything else with him was really impressive. Like Like you said, he can make accurate, throws with velocity to all three levels. Very good athlete, I would say. He sort of reminds me of Trevor Lawrence as a runner. Maybe like he's probably more athletic than Trevor, I would say, but similar kind of runner, I think. I, yeah, I think he's like a little bit quicker and twitchier than than Trevor is. But when Trevor's they, like a long strider. Like when they stride out. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. And, and that's even the difference between May and and Caleb as athletes. It's like May is a is He's a little bit bigger. He's more of a strider. Doesn't have quite as much of the narrow side to side, you know, tight area stuff. Whereas Caleb like can run in a straight line, but his whole thing is he's just wicked explosive in in, in tight spaces. So I think even that being kind of like a pick your poison between those two is really interesting. The last thing I do want to say about May though, it's not even just his pocket management. It's that he's really, really good at understanding where pressure is going to come from. Like if he's getting a five or a six man rush, he knows where he needs to drift or move in the pocket. I think that's a really impressive quality. Like this to me was what made Trevor Lawrence really special coming out of Clemson. And so for May to have that quality to him is like, this is clearly somebody who's thinking a step ahead in the game and not just reacting to stuff. So even if he's like imperfect in other areas, that to me is like, he clearly has this quality to him where he's trying to think ahead and, and be, a, be a mature quarterback. Yeah, that that's sort of a, a next level quality so to speak is a lot of quarterbacks will get that pressure and they'll immediately bail out but the ability to just like subtly drift a little bit to the side you're reading in order to buy a little bit more time to to get the ball out is is good i i i really did not like 
UNC's offensive design very much. No. There were a lot of instances where he had to buy a little bit of extra time because the the spacing was weird or the route depths were weird. And dude, I speaking of that, I would love to see how many times they ran that Ohio concept where you just number one on a go ball, number two on a speed out. I swear to God, on every third and long, that's the only call they had. And I was like, I'm pretty sure Drake can handle more than that. Let's do a little bit of something here. There were there were a lot of weird things in in that offense that felt like they were doing things just to to do them like running spacing out of bunch with like weird releases and it's like okay now we don't get the the stretch on the curl flat player that we needed so Drake has to hold on to the ball and yeah it's rough but I think that's a good segue into Caleb because the USC offense was very ugly this year like like UNC poor offensive line play pretty dysfunctional Apparently, people have said that Lincoln Riley sort of got power drunk this year, and there were there was a lot more like designer play stuff than in years past. Because for the listeners who don't know, I'm an Oklahoma alum, and so it it looked nothing like what he did at Oklahoma or even at USC in 2022. So there's sort of a perception among some people that Caleb fell off a little bit this year, which I guess production, sure. He's also coming off of a, a Heisman Trophy winning season, so that can be hard to sustain. Let's get into his game a little bit. I am upset that I like him as a prospect. I wanted to, I wanted very much to not like him. I did not like him when he was at Oklahoma. He lost to Baylor. He lost to Oklahoma State. That was upsetting. He did some, he did some harebrained stuff at OU. But my perception of him before really sitting down and watching him on film was that. He's like a very high variance quarterback. There's a lot of highlight stuff in there. You mentioned it earlier. The the athleticism, the arm talent is insane. I I think everybody can agree that he's got an amazing arm. But then he does some stuff where he hangs onto the ball when there's an open guy and needlessly extends the play. He throws into triple coverage. But there was a lot more when I actually like watched him outside of TV copy that lessened my concern going into this year that he was like somebody that you would really have to like what's the word tame at the at the NFL level I don't know if you you see it the same way or do you feel differently no I 100% agree I think there's way more to like meat and potatoes to his game than people give him credit for I think to your point like people see the TV copy or the highlights and they're like oh this guy's just completely insane and he's not playing quarterback the right way and he's just like backyard blah 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 the film is very like forgiving to him in a way, like to his perception. Like when you watch him, I, I actually think he's a fairly good processor. There are like two or three instances a game where he'll just like stare at an open stick route and be like, no, I'm good here. But I, that to me is like less, he doesn't know what's going on on the field and more just like the offense was designed poorly. The offensive line was terrible and he felt like he needed to score a touchdown every drive or or they were doomed because they were because yes, just great, defensive. Great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, okay, Derek. So for I don't want this to be a thing where podcasters whose audience tunes in for one subject is held captive and made to hear about some fringe hobby they don't care about, like Bitcoin or craft beer. But for people who don't play MOBAs, can you do you describe what Carry Brain is? Carry Brain. Carry Brain is kind of like you see the montage in your head 
every every click you make every time an enemy character is on your screen you see the montage and so in football terms it's like you see the Mahomes play where you go out you scramble you break two tackles you make a throw while you're diving that's carry brain and Caleb sees that like who are the quarterbacks that have this Patrick Mahomes obviously has this Josh Allen has this God, Jordan Love definitely has this quality. Jordan Love has yeah, it. Jordan Love definitely has this quality where they just see. I mean, the last the last throw of Jordan Love's season where he threw that pick at the end of the game against, I think it was uh, uh, San Francisco, where like he doesn't need to go make the hero throw in that moment, but he just sees the montage in his head and he goes and makes that throw. Caleb definitely has that that quality to him, which I think is good if you contain it because. Like again, I don't. I'm kind of to your point. I don't want to ramble about this subject too much. But with carry specifically, there's a thing that coaches will talk about a lot of times with players is like having the kill switch, where you just like in a fight, you see the exact moment where you go completely berserk, all your inhibitors are off, and you just go crazy and kill everybody. The best quarterbacks have that kill switch in them, and Caleb, for whatever other flaws that he has, has that kill switch. Yeah, for better or for worse, and like yeah, Josh. Now, you mentioned Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, but those guys have, like, those guys obviously have highlights for days, crazy physical ability, but Mahomes is a very good processor. Josh Allen has gotten a lot better in that regard. Josh Allen's game, like, to me, the, the like, turning point of Josh Allen's NFL career was when he learned to take the check down. Yes, literally, like, yes. <laughs> like, Josh Allen got so much better when... They were running like it'd be like four verts or something. And he would just realize like, oh, I can I don't have to launch this into double coverage deep down the sideline. I can just throw this to the running back and he'll get 10 yards because the middle of the field is vacated. And he got I I, I don't know, like I can't pinpoint like an exact moment that that happened for him or like what how how they got him there. But that was huge for him. 100%. It was sometime, I think, in the 2021 season, because I think 20. Like 19 and 20, he was like got good, but was still kind of insane in the way that he was playing. And then 2021 was the year where it was like, oh, he's growing up and like being a real quarterback instead of just the ultimate coin flip master. Yeah. So that going back to Caleb, I th- coming into the year, I thought he would be a guy who you would have to like completely rewire his brain when he got to the NFL. Like I imagined him having a terrible rookie season. I think there's a little bit more substance there and he's he's flashed the ability to like come to the backside and hit the dig and he obviously has all the the creativity and the arm talent you could want. So I, I hate to say it, but I do I do like Caleb Williams as a prospect. He's good. I like it and the only problems I really have with him for the most part are like he's short, so he's gonna struggle over the middle of the field a little bit. But like even with that, you can get to a point where you're still functional there. Like Kyler Murray is even short. I was going to ask and, you about Kyler. And Ky- Kyler out of Oklahoma, a big reason I wasn't like huge on Kyler at first overall was like he just was horrible over the middle of the field. Like he just couldn't layer throws all that well. He couldn't see it all that well. He wasn't very comfortable. If he got bodies in his face, he wasn't able to make those throws. It's still not the best part of his game, but like he's gotten it to the point where it's good enough that the rest of what makes him great, he can function at a really, really high level. I think Caleb, even if the middle of the field is never going to be his best area, I think I, I have faith that he can get it to the point of where Kyler's at, where like it allows the rest of his game to just do what it needs to do. Yeah, it, it goes back to what you said about having every club in the bag where you just you can't be like a 
we'll, we'll stay on the theme of OU quarterbacks, former OU quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts, like, where it becomes a liability because you just can't or won't attack a certain area of the field that that becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got sort of a grab bag of guys. I, I think those two, like you said, are 1A, 1B. Let's talk about, let's use the Heisman thing as a as a jumping off point. Let's talk about Jaden Daniels. What what are your thoughts on Jaden Daniels besides that his listed weight is the biggest lie ever fabricated? Yeah, he's, I, dude, if he's 200 pounds, good for him. That would be great. <laughs> um, he's, there's no way. Yeah, there's no way. Like, you just look at him and it, it just makes no sense. That is funny, though, because if Jaden Daniels was the exact same player and he was actually like 215, 220 pounds, I think he'd be a top 10 pick, like no doubt about it. But he's not. The reality is that he's very skinny and he plays like he doesn't know that he's skinny is the big thing is he plays like he thinks he's Andrew Luck, Cam Newton, Ben Roethlisberger, who guess what? We're all quarterbacks who got hurt a lot playing at that size, let alone the size that Jaden Daniels is playing at. So that's definitely my biggest concern is that I just really don't know if you're going to get like a long term like sustainability out of Jaden Daniels unless he just fully changes the way that he runs which I feel like when you're going from 100 on the insane scale it's really hard to get him all the way back down to a point that's like functional and not going to kill him yeah this is and and this is historically been a dog whistle right like running quarterbacks are a liability but Jaden Daniels doesn't run like Lamar Jackson like Lamar is extremely good at protecting himself Mm -hmm. uh, as a runner it's hard to get clean hits on him. He slides when he needs to. But the problem is Jaden Daniels runs like Josh Allen. Yes. Uh, and Josh Allen probably has, what, like 50, 60 pounds on Jaden Daniels. So no. that's that's a concern. But out, okay, so outside of like the the size concerns, we can, we can talk about his game more directly. I my, my hang up with him is I think most of the time he gets to the right read. I, I don't think that like he doesn't understand what's going on. Sometimes I think it's a little bit slow. And if he were like a junior, I would, it, it's very easy to just spin zone that and be like, well, you know, he's 21 years old. He, he kind of knows what he's doing a bit. He can, he can speed up in the NFL, but the problem is he's going to be 24 as a rookie. I mean, he's, he's been in college for five years and he's so, played that whole time. Like he, yeah. he wasn't like not getting reps. Like he play he started as a freshman at Arizona State five years ago. Like he's had a lot of reps. Yeah. So how do you reconcile that? Do you, can you reconcile that? No, that's actually why I, I think it's funny with the way people talk about him is they talk about him like he's the the high potential swing in this range because he has the athleticism, because he's a good deep ball passer. His arm is like fine, so that's where I think the potential thing is kind of weird. But to me, he's almost more in the high floor thing. Because to your point, I think he does get to the right place uh, enough times. And there are instances where I I think he operates pretty fast if he knows what's going on pre-snap. Like he doesn't really waste time, I I think, in quick game stuff. His intermediate stuff, he can be a little bit late. And I think that gives him some issues. But to your point, like he generally gets to the right spot. And he doesn't really like put the ball in traffic all that much. Like he's not a reckless decision maker. So he does have this quality to him where he gets it. It's just not like top 10 NFL level fast. And again, if like you said, if he was a redshirt sophomore or a junior with one or two years starting, okay, I, maybe we can speed this up. But he's played and started for five seasons now. He's going to be 24. This is probably just the level that he's going to, to process at, which is fine, I think, for getting like NFL starter play. 
I think if you're trying to get him to be like a top eight NFL quarterback, I he would have to be a pretty rare case of development. So that's kind of where I actually think he's almost like a high floor-ish guy where you get a guy who is functional and competent, but there's just not a lot like of, of room for him to grow. I think like he's, he's kind of already maxed out because he's just played so much ball at this point. It was, this is going to sound really mean and, and Daniels is a better prospect, but it's why I was concerned about Kenny Pickett is because like, it was like, okay, he kind of does the right stuff sometimes, but he's five years in and he still makes some mistakes and he's still late. This should probably look a lot cleaner if, if you're a, a senior. Yep. I agree with you on him being more of a high floor guy and the athleticism, like the running ability gives you a lot of stuff. Jalen Hurts was not, we, we keep going back to Jalen Hurts and Jalen Hurts is a, a totally different type of runner, right? Like Jalen Hurts is less less speed more power but Jalen Hurts in 2022 was not a remarkable passer and the the running component unlocked a lot of stuff for that offense and and supplemented it in a way that you know if you get a guy like Kenny Pickett can't run at all you're you're bringing an extra dimension so so what would you say the floor is for Daniels like QB 15ish I think it's it's probably a little bit lower than that, but I, I think I think his like range is probably like ten to twenty two, where he's like you can get fairly productive play out of him, but he's just never gonna feel like somebody who is truly taking over the game as a passer. I actually kind of think what I think like the best way to use him and, and a pretty realistic like avenue for him is like what Tyrod Taylor was with the Bills. Jaden Daniels it tries to like kill himself and and pull up all his bones five times a game, which Tyrod Taylor did not do to the same degree. But I think just in terms of how you use them, especially as a runner, like Tyrod was more of like the speed quickness type thing as opposed to Hurts having more power. And then Tyrod was a really, really good passer down the field, especially outside the numbers. And Jaden Daniels also has that quality to him. So like I think that 2015, 2016 Bills Tyrod is like a pretty decent marker for what I think Daniel should be hoping for and that to me was like an above average quarterback again it wasn't great it wasn't going to necessarily lead you to the Super Bowl but it was like an above average functional quarterback so would you like if you were the Giants what did the Giants pick the Giants pick like six I think they're like six yeah would you would you be comfortable taking him there or is that too rich for your blood I think it's a little rich mostly for what we mentioned earlier with the size thing like if he was 215 and had all the other exact traits and stuff like that i think i'd be comfortable with it but a guy who is like at best ever going to get to 205 and constantly tries to shatter all his bones it's just a really scary top 10 pick for me fair enough who makes sense to talk about next is that it is okay so is daniel's your qb3 yeah so who's your kind of like you with caleb I, I i really hate to admit that i have come around a little bit on jj mccarthy okay so sell me on jj mccarthy because i don't see it I, I will say that when I watched him, I I expected him to be much worse than he is, but I don't... Well, so that's the thing, is I went in thinking, we're doing Zach Wilson again. Like, it, it just kind of felt like that. The way the offense was structured felt very much like what the Jets were structured like this year. It just felt very Zach Wilson, just in terms of, like, their build, some of the a way that they throw their... Is that because he's, like, a cute little blonde kid? Yeah, I mean, come on. Like, they, they have that, like, Disney character quarterback quality to them. <laughs> Uh, that's um, funny that you say Disney character because when I was watching him, I was like, "This guy's an anime protagonist." Okay, yeah, that actually, that he's got the he's got the cheekbones for like an anime somebody who drew him. 
But uh, I think what's funny about J.J. McCarthy is I think he's still like way overrated. Like the people who are putting him like top 10, I think are completely out of their minds just because again, like Daniels, he's 195 pounds. He's a guy who didn't throw all that much, which I think is a little bit concerning to me. I don't think he's a guy who's going to come in ready to play year one just because he doesn't have that many reps and he's going to need to add on like 10, 15 pounds. At the same time, I think it's pretty easy to see the world where he becomes one of those Shanahan bots. Like I think he's actually relatively tough in the pocket and you see like flashes of him having good movement drifting to where he needs to all that sort of stuff it's not as advanced as caleb or may but i think you see those moments he's really willing to take a hit like if he if he knows he's getting blitzed like he won't flinch at all and he'll he'll make a throw i think that is pretty impressive i think his work over the middle of the field there are instances where he can't get the like layering of the ball that he needs to to get the ball over people but when he's just like throwing digs or an open crosser or, or or like a glance route or whatever, I think he has the velocity to like really pin it on guys. Even some seam routes he threw this year, I think were fantastic. So I think he just has a, a handful of qualities where it's just easy to see him fit into that Shanahan play action, throw over the middle. We're going to boot and maybe use you in the run game a little bit like that sort of style. I still have way other concerns, but like that's my sell on on him to try to get you there. Yeah, that's that's not a sell at all. Like, if you're, it's, if well, that's if we're marketing guys as Shanahan quarterbacks, then I'm I'm not interested. But I'm not taking him in the first round. Like, I'm not doing that. I think on day two, I think it's a perfectly fine bet to make. But I'm not taking him in the first round. Are we talking like early day two, or are we talking like round three? That's all the same to me. It doesn't really matter at that point. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh no! Like. I, Maybe, maybe I'll give you third round, but I just, I don't see, I, I don't see a world in which he's like ever better than below average. I mean, the, the I, thing that concerns me about him is that he made some wild ass decisions this year. Oh, hundred percent. But he's, he's almost 20 years old. Like it's the opposite of Daniels where it's like, he hasn't actually played that much football. They didn't ask him to throw all that much. And he's only started for two seasons and he's 20 years old. So like the heat to me a little bit has of like a quality to him where I think there's a little bit of like untapped potential. Yeah, but see, but see the thing about him is that he's like he googled how to beat depression, so he's all zen and stuff. He's wise beyond. Okay, game. that yeah, that stuff I I don't want to do. I don't want to dive into that with him. Should be making better decisions than he is. I, I don't know. It's it's always I, I understand the youth thing, but it's always I, I don't like it when guys are making crazy reckless decisions when they're not extremely physically talented. Like you, it's, it's the, it, what is it? It's, it's the, it's the meme of like the guy in the suit saying whatever. Yeah. I, the HR one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, usually feet. And then it's Brock Purdy or JJ McCarthy. And it's like, hello HR. Yeah. That's, that's how it is to me. And maybe that's unfair, but well, but that's the thing I I'm, in the the Brock Purdy hater club, I'm I'm very fine saying that. But like, it, if we knew what Brock Purdy would be, like, I would take that in the third round. It's just that we didn't know that he he would be that obviously. But like, I'd be fine with taking that in the third round. And I think JJ can like do some of that stuff. I do think the people that are like, he has a really strong arm and he has this untapped potential to be like some insane wow. quarterback. I think I think that is completely unfounded. Like, I I would be shocked if he ever became a top ten quarterback. But I do think there's a world where you can get like functional play out of him. A resounding endorsement. Yeah. Resounding endorsement. He can be okay. 
You want to talk? Let's let's shift to NC, formerly known as the Pac-12. Yeah, let's do Penix. Let's 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 get Penix out of the way. Okay, so I will preface this by saying, when is the last time? When is the last good lefty quarterback you saw? Vic. Yeah, and and I I want people listening to this to know that I am not forgetting to. Like, no. I, I don't. I don't want people to at me on Twitter and be like, "I can't believe you you cover football for a living and you don't know two is left handed clown emoji skull emoji." Like, I don't care. I think I don't. I don't respect. It. So you were talking earlier about how you think he just wilts under pressure. I think. I think the other thing about him is like where the throws over the middle. Yeah, that that heat map. I don't know if any of y'all have ever seen his throw heat map, but that. That intermediate middle of the field is absolutely barren, and that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not existed. So that's the thing is, so even actually, I'll I'll start the other way. I would not even draft him based purely on like the medicals, and then him being a lefty and him being completely immobile. Like those three things alone, it's like the Hendon Hooker thing last year. Where I mean, Hooker could kind of run, but Hendon Hooker was like a twenty-four-year-old dude who had played a decent amount of football kind of had a wonky heat map and like offense and Penix's is not like that as dire and ridiculous as the Tennessee offense but still has that to some degree and then was just a guy who who just kind of had this arm that could throw very hard but not very consistently so that all of that stuff with the medicals really really scares me and then you get into the two things I mentioned earlier that I look for in every quarterback prospect pocket management and having every club in the bag I don't think Penix checks either box. Like you, you look at the pocket management stuff. There are flashes where he will move around guys, but if he has to throw with a body in his face or make some subtle adjustment with his arm, any of that type of stuff, he just doesn't have that in in his repertoire. Like it's just not a thing that he can do. I think part of that is the way that he throws. Like he's he's not a short quarterback. He's like six three or something like that. But he makes himself short in the way that he throws because. He has a very low release for one, but then every anytime he throws, he like drops his hips and all of his weight. So he loses like two and a half inches of of like height and he effectively turns himself into a short quarterback, which I think is a huge issue. And then the other thing, having every club in the bag, like you mentioned, you, you look at his heat map over the middle, basically nothing happening over there. But I think even beyond that, hutch throws are just not a thing that he has in his arsenal. Like if he has to put a corner route over a defender under undercutting it doesn't have it. Same thing with like deep overouts just doesn't have it. Like when he has to put air under the ball, I think that's a big issue for him. So he does some stuff well, and we'll get into that in a minute, but those are kind of all my concerns that I have with him. Yeah. The, the, I, I like that you harp on the pocket stuff and, and having throws. Cause people, I think people underrate that stuff generally and overrate the, the scheme stuff in terms of, projecting a guy from college to pros like obviously the Washington offense is not a, a pro system like they're running a bunch of five-man concepts all the time with empty protection and and it's all 40 yards down the field yeah it's it's <laughs> like it's not like you made the Hendon Hooker comparison it's not like it's not like the Tennessee offense which is using the Bryles splits that are just physically not possible with the NFL field dimensions but I've, I've seen some talk about that and less about what you are mentioning, which is, you know, we can't, we can't navigate a pocket. We can't make touch throws. We're not throwing over the middle. Cause like everything in the NFL as a general rule, is much harder. The pockets are tighter. The coverage is tighter. It's not just the, 
can he run a pro system? He was, he came from an air raid or whatever. And I'm not talking about panic specifically, just in general, but the, I mean, the throw the deep outside, the numbers are very nice. Yeah. I mean, he, he does do some stuff. Like if, if you could get him in an Arians offense, like that's probably his best bet is just like launching it down the field. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I was, when, when I think about guys that are like downfield merchants, I always think about Ryan. Yes. I think, I think, I think, I just think about the, the yolo ballers i mean that's what he's gonna have to be because like i he kind of has the the thing that we were talking about with daniels and even Pickett, where like he doesn't necessarily get to the wrong spot all the time it's just that everything happens a little bit slower than you would like for someone who's played six years of college football like that to me is concerning it's again where it's like i don't know what the ceiling really is here because he's played so much ball and he doesn't look like a guy who's going to come in immediately and just be a super sharp processor, all that sort of stuff. And, and, the, then, medicals. and the medicals are, are abysmal. So, like, e- even listing off, like, I think his positive traits are really hard. Like, I appreciate his aggression. I, I think, I, you know, you'd always rather have a quarterback who's willing to test tight windows than somebody who gets scared of them. So, I think that is good. I think, like, he is tough in the pocket, even though he doesn't have, like, the means to do anything with it. But, I mean, that's something, I guess. And then I do think like his his throws at deep outside the numbers are, are really, really impressive. And he's, I think, pretty quickly could be one of the better deep throwers in the NFL. It's just it feels like such a narrow pathway for him to be a really good quarterback that it, it scares me. Yep. I'm with you. So undraftable. I mean, like, realistically, I, I wouldn't touch him. I still, I think, have like a, a low third round, high fourth round grade on him for, for Bleacher Report's sake for trying to be like as objective or whatever it is but like if i had a board and it was my team i'm probably not touching him fair enough what about bo nix bo nix is okay my my even before i get into like everything i'm going to say about bo nix the, the, the line i kept coming back to is if daniel jones could be productive in the nfl i think bo nix can like find a pathway which is not a ringing endorsement but <laughs> yeah he you you and i saw bo nix a, a little bit differently yeah i i well we we talked about this before, but we we see the arm talent a little bit differently. I don't think his arm is terrible, but I don't I don't see it as a as a standout trait. I know you disagree with me on that, and I'm I'm the one that's deviated from consensus on that. So explain to the listeners why I'm stupid. I've actually come back down a little bit on that. Oh, one. I think I think here I think his arm is really good in certain ways. I I think. When he's throwing over the middle and he can just like grip it and rip it and you're just like throwing straight down the hallway, I think he has a ton of velocity. I think some of the throws that he's able to make on the run, like he doesn't lose juice on the run, which I think is really important. Like some guys really, really struggle with that. And I don't think that's an issue for him at all. I think he has a very loose arm. And then I think that's the other thing is I think he has like a very repeatable but also like loose and creative arm if he needs to get there. Like he can get to some different spots and that to me is like an impressive marker of arm talent but some of the stuff you mentioned outside the numbers i i started to see it a little bit more at the bar i watched like there was specifically a throw against utah where he's trying oh, to throw the one where he's trying to throw is it like the 12 yard stop route to the yeah. right sideline and it's like it gets there but it would be nice if it got there a little bit faster so i kind of see the, the the concerns in that sense where he he doesn't like he has enough juice to throw outside the numbers like joe burrow has not a good arm, but he can throw outside the numbers okay. I think that's kind of going to end up having to be the Bo Nix thing. I think no, Nix weirdly has like more velocity over the middle and stuff than than like Burrow does, but 
I think he is going to fall into that category outside the numbers where it might not be his best spot. I think my my biggest issue with Knicks was I think like in quick game, I think he's he's very very efficient operator. Like sees where he needs to get the ball, gets it there. Very good at attacking soft zone coverages, but the we keep going back to like being able to make all the throws. Like, is he going to be able to hit whole shots versus cover two? Is he going to be able to consistently layer the ball over the middle? Like, I don't, I don't see him accessing the second and third levels of the field consistently. And I also don't think his accuracy is good enough to where he can be like a, a West Coast merchant. Like, cause the, they're on a slant, like you got to, the ball needs to be a certain place in order to to maximize that if you're throwing short all the time. Especially if teams don't feel they need to honor your ability to throw it further downfield. So to to me, he's like a backup guy. Like it if he's like a backup in any type of West Coast influence system, I think you're pretty happy with him. He can probably spot start and you can probably win some games here and there with him. But I just the I I think like something like 4% of his throws went like the intermediate middle of the field this year, five to 20 yards. Like it's Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I, I also don't like that on when he does throw those, he, he really doesn't throw it with anticipation. I, I think he, he really needs to see the break and see it come open. He has like, I'm, he only threw th- what like three picks this year. Like he's, I, I don't think he like puts the ball in arms way necessarily. But I, I think he's there. There needs to be a balance. You know, you need to be able to, you need to be able to make th- some of the the throws downfield that might be a bit contested. You need to be able to throw a dig with with some anticipation. I just so I I don't see the ceiling as being very high for him. I I think in that sense I don't either. Like I don't think he's ever going to be someone you look at as like a pure pocket passer who is threatening every single level of the field, processing at a high level, all that sort of stuff. I just think with him, I can very clearly see the path for him being like functional, which again is not a ringing endorsement. But you look at the athletic uh, athletic ability. I think he's a guy you can absolutely use as a design runner, like really effectively, like kind of in the Daniel Jones mold, where you can get six, seven hundred yards rushing out of him if you really want to. So I think that is kind of a plus for him. Like you mentioned, I think he is good in the in the quick game. I think even some of his accuracy stuff in the quick game, his dropback footwork to me is abysmal, which. It's a little concerning that he's still that way at 23, 24 years old or whatever. But to me, drop back footwork is a little bit more fixable than like late in the down footwork, if that makes sense. So I think that a lot right on that. I just think to me, like the longer you get into a play, it becomes like a more natural feel type of thing. Whereas like the one, two, three and a drop back is like an extremely repeatable thing. Whereas yeah, it's muscle memory. Whereas like when you're, you know, trying to progress to your number three throughout a throughout a progression and you're moving your feet that way, there's like a very natural like tying your feet to your eyes that like there's almost an innate ability to do that. You can get better at it, but there's almost like a natural feel for how to make that work. Whereas drop a drop back footwork is just like you can rep that a hundred times in a day if you wanted to, and I, and it's no problem. So I think maybe he could get fixed in that sense and like be functional in the quick game. And then I actually think he's like a pretty good creator, like outside of structure. I think he can go make plays. He has like a good knack for it. He has a good brain for it. He can make all the throws on the run. And then he can obviously just go run by himself if he needs to. Like, so to your point, I think as a like high level backup spot starter, you see a guy who can do run game. 
he can operate quick game okay and then he can make a couple of plays outside of structure to like give your offense like something like some sort of spark which i think you want in a backup so i i think the people who think he's like a first mid first round you take a swing and he could be some high ceiling guy i don't know if i see that but yeah in like the third fourth round when you need a guy who's just going to be a backup and there's like a three percent chance he develops into a decent starter that's fine anybody else do we want to talk about rattler do we want to talk a about little, Joe? Mendes? I I kind of want to talk about that. Okay, like talk about Tyler. <laughs> he's listen, dude. I don't know what to do with him because of the off-field stuff. Like, I don't think he's been like accused of or lowered, like arrested for anything. But just like it seemed like he was a, a guy who needed to do some growing up at at Oklahoma, and and whether or not he's done that, who knows? And I think that's going to be like a huge part of his evaluation at Indianapolis and all that sort of stuff. When you watch him play, dude. Like, all of the stuff that you might say about Caleb Williams kind of applies to Rattler. Like, just the insanely elastic arm, a guy who's willing to go make plays, a guy who's willing to take hits, very creative outside the pocket. I don't think he's as accurate as Caleb. I don't think he's as consistent as Caleb, any of that sort of stuff. But you can still see why he was supposed to be a top 10 pick, like, two, three years ago or whatever that was. And so he he would be the quarterback in this class I most would want to interview personally. Because I think... The film and like the potential is, is absolutely all there. It's just a matter of like, you know, it's, is, is, is he there? If that makes sense. Yeah. I, I would, ra- I think I'm getting, I, the thing I'll say is I think I'm getting to the point where I'd rather have him than like Knicks or Penix. Like I'd rather take the swing on a guy who has just otherworldly talent than these like super old, like just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think the general consensus on Rattler is that he's just a shithead. Yeah. Like I was trying to get a like work around that beat around the bush a little bit, but yeah, that's why I would want to interview him. Just like maybe you know, so, some people are just shitheads when they're twenty years old, and he's not twenty years old anymore. So who knows? Oh yeah, all all men under the age of twenty two are to varying degrees little little pig people. Like yeah, exactly. Like your yeah, your brain isn't fully developed until you're twenty five. Your your body is coursing with testosterone. You're a complete idiot. Like, but I I think. He is probably an extreme example. When I think about Rattler, I just, the way he carries himself and the way he plays, he, he very much, every, everything about him just screams like, I've been, I've been the best thing since sliced bread ever since I was a kid. Like, yeah, I, like he's extremely talented as a thrower and he's probably been told that since he's six, seven, eight years old. And he he plays the same way. Like he plays like a high school senior who's just better than everybody. And so like he doesn't necessarily have to do anything besides show up and throw the ball around. Now, and you do something with that. Like it, it comes back to the interview. Like how how coachable is he? Like how much has he grown up since his time at OU? I don't know. That's why it's hard. Just that's, we don't know. We don't know anything about these guys. That's why it's hard. Like I I would say I put him in the same tier as like Penix and Knicks. And if, if he interviewed well and I felt comfortable with him, I would take him over those two. If I didn't, I would probably take, well, Knicks, I wouldn't take Penix at all because of the medical stuff, like we said. But but you get the point. Even with not being able to interview Rattler, I would still take him over all of the other like day three quarterbacks in this class. though, like Pratt, Milton, I'm spacing on even the other ones, man. Like there's just not anybody else. So I would at least take this, this shot on his arm talent. Who's, who is the last quarterback... That had sort of this similar profile coming. Like where like, he was going to be a top 10 pick and then left and then... That's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is like 
there are like work ethic, personality, locker room concerns, and he's extremely talented though. My my first thought was Jameis, but Jameis was way, way better coming. Yeah, Jameis was a better, like more put together prospect. I mean like off field like Yeah, that was like a different category of of off field. That was just like really dumb decision making. Man, I don't know actually. So he's doomed. So he might be doomed. He might be doomed. But on on listen, most third and fourth round quarterbacks are doomed and stupid anyway. So I'd, I'd at least take the chance. Yeah, and then like I don't know anything about Pratt except that he's been in school for nine years. And Milton is like that's not real. We're not doing that. Yeah. Where's the ball gonna go? Mil- Milton's not real, dude. Uh, I, we don't even have to. Yeah, no more time. I, on I wish Milton could even be like a. Like if he was like a fifty-eight percent completion percentage, but he—I mean, we're not. It the ball is—he has no control over where that ball is going. The the only thing I want to say about Joe Milton is that people coming into the year were like, "Well, Anthony Richardson had this crazy rise into being a first-round pick. Maybe Joe Milton can do the same." And I—that to me was like, you've never watched those two quarterbacks play football ever. So that's the only thing I want to say about Joe Milton. Richardson had the like. Richardson had like the processing side. Too. It's R- like- Richardson played quarterback, just like not, you know, the the edges were a little bit rough. Milton doesn't play quarterback, and he doesn't even do the not quarterback stuff that he's doing all that well. So he, yeah, makes no sense. Yeah, Milton is Milton is uh, what is it, Uncle Rico? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. So all right, we're we're really we're really just scraping the bottom of the barrel now. So let's get out of here. Derek, tell us where we can follow you and find your work. You can find me on Twitter at QB Class with a K. You can find me at the 33rd team doing NFL stuff, reception perception, doing quarterback charting stuff. I actually just started to roll out some of my quarterback profiles this year. Caleb Williams is already on the site. JJ McCarthy is coming soon. And then at Bleacher Report, you can have all my NFL draft stuff. All right, perfect. Thank you so much, Derek. For Derek Klassen and our producer, Justin Stein, I'm Bryce Russler. Thank you for listening to the SIS Off the Charts Football Podcast.